0: Also, uh, shout out to the announcers for throwing in that Taylor Swift reference on Kelsey's touchdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he found a blank space. in The end zone. The end zone. Yeah, I, fucking told, I told Georgia that and she was like, that is amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a uh, huge shout out to the Swifties there. Absolutely. Can't wait to hear uh, Taylor Swift's new album. It's going to be all, about, the all about Travis Kelsey. Casey's like Super Bowl runs and Travis Kelsey's um. <laughs> impact on that That's It is episode 187 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast. Got your two boys here, just me and Hayden on this fine episode. You can find everything Left Side Heavy related at leftsideheavy underscore. Aid, how are we doing today? It was a big week in football. Lots happened. <clears throat> but overall, how was your overall week? Uh, I know I just saw you on Sunday, so a couple of days ago. But how you doing, buddy? Uh, I don't even want to talk about today, man. I don't want to relive today.
1: I don't want to do anything. All I'm going to say is yesterday was good. Sunday was even better. And we'll kick it off right to you. How
0: was your day? (laughs) Uh, My day was good. Worked a half. I received a very fortunate text message yesterday morning from uh, boss man Kyler. And he was like, hey, um... Do you want to go? I signed LCP up for a foursome golf tournament at Golden Eagle at one thirty tomorrow. You only have to work half a day. Can you join us? And I'm like, Can I? Yeah, I'm there.
1: That's the easiest yes I think yeah. you will ever get from you.
0: So I only have to work half a day, and my reward and is golf? golf. Why'd you okay? Even, why'd you even <laughs> phrase it like, "Can you join us"? Yeah, seriously, like it. Yeah, so it was good up until like the 12th hole when it started absolutely just downpouring rain and it didn't stop. So I was like cold and wet from like the 13th hole on. So that part kind of sucked. But overall as a scramble group, um, four of us not amazing at golf, shot three under. Lots of birdie chances there, but we saved a lot of pars. So we uh came up clutch when we needed to, but kind of blew chances when we should have capitalized on some birdie chances. But can't ask for everything in this world. But overall, the week was pretty decent. We had a good day on Sunday watching football. Uh, golfed yesterday as well. We're recording on Tuesday. Golfed on Monday as well. Much nicer day yesterday. Shot a ninety three. Could have been better, but hey. Is what it is. It's always good to get out there, but yeah, overall, pretty good week. But I am gassed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just gassed. So hopefully, you get to have a some good naps throughout the week and a good sleep overall. Try and get (laughs) to bed early for these next few nights. But yeah, of course, of course, of course. But um, (laughs) we got a lot. To talk about today, uh, this episode. So I feel like we should just kind of get it started. Uh, but I got a little question of the week here for you. hmm Um, what is a movie that no matter how many times you watch it, you get a little like choked up or maybe a little teary eye watching it. If you <laughs> if any movie does come to mind for you, I feel like. There are movies, no matter how manly you try to be, it always seems to get you in the feels, no matter what. But um, do you have any movies like that, Hayd, that come to mind? There's a real spectacle of a movie
1: where you just got to tear up because of the guy who he is. That's Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Flynn Lockwood, just trying to be the best you can. No, no, it's uh not. Gummy choked bear, up. gummy bear, gummy bear. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> no, it's uh not choked up, but like <clears throat> I don't even I don't usually often see myself crying to movies. The only one that I have teared up to recently was um uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Obviously, we uh, talked about yeah. that. Yeah, Yeah. that one that like and we said, you know, when Nebula looked at Drax and said, you're not a you're not Destroy. a fighter. You're a father. Yeah, something like that. I was just like, ah, you're doing it to me. Yeah, <laughs> don't do this to me. Yeah, that one that one was just I was like, oh, that's sad. But uh, one that always like kind of just gets you is for me, at least is Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah, that like I know what happens in the movie, but you know, suspenseful thriller the whole
0: way through. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you there. And even a movie kind of on the same wavelength as Saving Private Ryan is like Hacksaw Ridge with Andrew Garfield. Like he kills that role too. And that's a that's an emotional, pretty sure it's a biopic too. Um, that's an emotional movie. But yeah, no. Say it, those war movies can get you.
1: Oh yeah, no. They uh, they definitely not bring like tears, but just just the whole way. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. So,
0: no, I totally agree with you there. I totally agree with you there. Uh, for me is uh Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Brother, uh, please tell me you've watched that movie.
1: No, I was like, when you first said that, I was like, the song?
0: Um, <laughs> dude. Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith, Jaden Smith. You need to watch this movie, <clears throat> man. It is unbelievable. It's also based on a true story. And it's just super emotional through and through. Just a guy trying to get through life. And then he becomes, he's always been like this very smart, um, like intelligent grew up at like smartest in his class, like through and through throughout college school, like um, junior high, senior high college university. He was always like the smartest in his class, but he could never get through life making a ton of money. So he kind of lived like motel to motel, sleeping on the streets and stuff like that, like could just never make it. And then he just gets an opportunity and he ends up getting the job. And it's just like super emotional seeing like the, arc and like the path that he goes through. It's super emotional, but it's like such a good movie. And I mean, Will Smith was obviously in the news, what was it like last year or year and a bit ago? It was two years ago. Sorry, two years. My concept of time is just racing by. But um yeah, obviously Will Smith kind of got dragged in the mud through there. He kind of dragged his name through the mud, but say what you want about him. He's a great actor. That guy can mm. put together a movie. I just like, I just
1: want to confirm the date. And I just put in, when did Will? And then yeah. the first thing is Smith slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, March 27th, 2022.
0: So yeah, a year and a half ago. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Pretty close to two years, though. We are kind of in the middle there. But yeah, no, Will Smith, he, he, great movie. You should definitely check it out, Hade. Definitely All right. check it out. Yeah, that's I'm putting it on your must watch. Must watch. All right. Come to Can't me do. uh come to me by the next KBNR with a report on uh pursuit of happiness. <laughs> All right. That's Let me uh,
1: my my one flaw of it so far is they spelled happiness wrong.
0: Well, that that part's in the movie. Uh that'll be why. <laughs> yeah. It's uh you'll get that
1: Oh, it's on Netflix. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. You'll uh, you'll understand the misspelling of the title, don't you worry? But um, yeah, I mean, we got let's get into the news. Um, we obviously got to start off with some hockey news because uh, the season is fast approaching, and there was an absolute mayhem within the NHL world over the past five days. And Matt uh, Mike Babcock, newly hired head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets at the beginning of this off season Um, has a very up and down history. More lately, it's been severely negative before what we're about to talk about, but he was always a great winning coach, two gold medals for team Canada, Stanley cup with Detroit um, coached a couple other teams to the finals. Fired from Toronto because of some behind the scenes uh, happenings that, the NHLPA and everything else like the Toronto team in general didn't agree with. So he was let go after a few years there. Um, and then he, uh, once his contract ended, ended in Toronto, he got a new opportunity with Columbus. And before training camp even started, he has resigned as head coach. Now, Hayden, you did some reading up on this. I've said my piece, but I'm going to let you kind of tell the masses of why did he resign as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets? All right, let me preface this. So
1: we all know Mike Babcock for the good, but no one seems to remember about the bad. And uh, upon reading up to this, obviously not being the hockey guy like you are, Jeff, I found some pretty disturbing things 3 3 really disturbing things. Uh he got Mitch Marner to rank his teammates on the hardest work ethic from best to worst and then showed it to everyone. Yep. Now, if that isn't a a kick in the fucking mouth, I don't know what is.
0: And Mitch Marner was a rookie at that point, so he was He was yeah, he advantage. was a rookie.
1: So it yeah. was just a total like invasion of not even privacy with that one, but trust. Just like, like how you a, trust a guy for doing that.
0: Like that's just a power trip and taking advantage of like the vulnerability of a rookie. Like, Absolutely. What, what's a rookie supposed to do? Stand up to like a highly like, um, decorated head coach in the league like what's he supposed to do there obviously he's going to kind of abide by what he's asking for but it's severely unfair and like just traumatizing to a rookie like what the fuck is he supposed to do and that's when i preface like he got fired from toronto because yeah. of behind the scenes issues that the was the, the scenes, reason that why
1: was the, yeah exactly and then benching mike medano a healthy scratch and it would have been his fifteen hundredth game, last game of the season, meaningless game. And he said no. It's like, well, what does that even? What does that even do?
0: Yeah, what do you do? And
1: after Nick Lidstrom was furious and got in a whole like fight and was almost apart Apparently, reports said ready to just go toe to toe with Babcock, which hell of a man Nick Lidstrom is. Oh yeah, all time remember- great. Obviously, remember him. You know he's one of the best defensemen I've ever remembered.
0: Like in hockey, you know, growing up with whatever. He's like top six all time players in general. It's just he's unbelievable. easily just was
1: a great, yeah, great working, uh, person. And then, um, oh fuck, I can't remember the the guy's name. Chris Chelios. No, well, yeah, Chris Chelios too, but. There was a guy on that two thousand eight two thousand nine Red Wings roster. Oh, Johan Franzen. Yes, Johan yep. Franzen basically made him his whipping boy yep. for no fucking reason. And I can guarantee you, I watched highlights of that season, and it was like I saw Johan Franzen score some pretty big fucking goals.
0: Yeah, he was in. He's a huge piece of a those Red Wings key teams.
1: Piece to the Red Wings and that season. So all of this, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, but I am absolutely blown away with what news has come to light as Mike Babcock uh, reports coming from players within the organization to this bit and chick with this podcast coming out and saying that yeah, he's making people put up their phones, airdropping, Bluetooth, whatever. Onto a screen and then looking at it with multiple people. Yeah. And just going through someone's phone like that is just a total invasion of privacy. And uh, pardon my take actually said this, too, but it's like they originally came out and said, oh, no, they were going through the phone for like family stuff and shit like that, where it's like, all right, that's a lie. And you've already admitted that you're going through someone's phone. You're you're fucked. And then yeah. how many reporters are saying, like, oh no, Babcock would never do this, yada yada yada. And then just total egg on their face. A lot of people within the blue jackets and around the NHL have lost their credibility for just terrible journalism. Yeah. And rightfully so, because
0: this this is just terrible. Yeah. And there were um, players on the Toronto teams that he was coaching that also said that he did that on those teams as well. That he would look through and demand to see photos on their phone to see what kind of person they are. But it's like, like Mike Commodore, he's a former NHLer. He made some really good points, and he's an open Babcock hater. Like he despises that guy, and he said he made a good point. He was like, "What if someone?" was like hiding their sexuality and like hasn't hadn't come out yet and he had photos of like him and his boyfriend or something like that or some private information that he wasn't ready to share yet and he was just going through and seeing all that Mm -hmm. like that's just uh your photo album there are some spaces on your phone that are supposed to be like confidential and like completely like a safe place and like photo albums are the popular place for that. And to just demand, not even like give them a chance to say no to give me your phone. Like that's just incredibly fucked up and has no place in this. And you brought up like how Boone Jenner on Columbus and Johnny Goudreau said that they, they, um, did it for like family reasons, and the way that it was operated with them and were like conducted with them, if it was like a very comfortable like um, conversation and meeting and stuff like that. But, like, the theory is is that he did that to kind of save face. He did that with the veteran guys, where he was conducting two different things where he was demanding the young guys to give them the phone and just look through photos, where with the vets, like Boone Jenner and Johnny Goudreau, who would get most of the media attention, he said, do you want to share like family photos to kind of see like just to kind of like try to make it a
1: little bit more personal. Yeah. So he,
0: he did that with them, but did something completely more vulgar and fucked up to the younger guys so that it almost puts Boone Jenner and Johnny Goudreau in a shitty situation because they don't know what's happening elsewhere. They just know what they did with Babcock. So it kind of puts them in a position where it looks like they're like, saving Babcock's face kind of thing. So it's Absolutely. just an incredibly like just gaslighting and psychotic way of handling a new team. And it's like, just when you thought Babcock learned his lesson in Toronto, big fat, no, no, like he did not change as a person one bit. He is, he's done. Like he's not getting another chance in the league. Like that was your one chance to like redeem yourself and you completely screwed the pooch. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's incredibly fucked. And, um, like with the whole, like Chris Chelios thing too, like he was like his thousandth game or whatever. Like, he was ready to play that and Babcock wanted to bench him or something like that. And the players demanded that he didn't, the GM demanded that he didn't. So he played him one shift and then benched him the rest of the game.
1: Yeah. And And, then uh, he even said like to the trainers, Oh, start filling my water up with beer.
0: Yeah. He started drinking on the bench.
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, making, making light of a terrible situation, but absolutely just, Fucked up, man. So fucked up.
0: Yeah. And apparently, Chelios, this is like according to the Chicklets podcast that I listened to today, he was really good friends with like the GM's like secretary. And she heard everything that was going on behind closed doors with Ken Holland and Mike Babcock. And Babcock was like yelling at Ken Holland to trade one of the greatest defensemen of all time. And it was like, how fucking stupid are you? Like you're creating this environment that like nobody wants to be there and you're just becoming this huge like monster to people. Absolutely. Like why would you why would you be conducting a sport like that? Like it's incredibly insane. And yeah, I'm happy that like Adam Fantilli doesn't have to experience Babcock anymore oh, in his young career. God. Like this is a huge w for the Columbus organization Yarmo Kekalinen and others came out and said that they made a huge mistake, and they're trying to obtain their leadership um goals and expectations and everything like that and they're not changing anything. It was more so about Babcock kind of tarnishing that instead of like what their expectations were, so they got on it early they like imagine like ten games in and and this, this happens year, and this shit comes out like it's a whole different thing. At least they can start training camp with like not Mike Packpot n- Jesus. Not <laughs> not Mike Babcock. And it's just a fresh slate. It's not too late. And it's just hopefully this kind of because Columbus was supposed to kind of make like not like a huge jump. They would but supposed be to a, be better. Like a competitive, more competitive team. Absolutely, And I think with Babcock there, it was just going to be a complete and utter dumpster fire. And now with a fresh, just like a fresh slate, everyone can kind of like relax now. And maybe this can create or at least like they have a better chance of creating mojo where they'd be like. It's like Urban Meyer coming in for Jacksonville.
1: And that's what I was going to compare it to with just sort yeah. of the harassment that was going around in the facility. Yeah. Like, you cannot tell me that that doesn't speak volumes of Urban Meyer-esque coaching Yeah, with like, Mike Babcock. Like, imagine those two in a room together. Oh, Woo!
0: my God. <laughs> They're made for each other. Absolutely. Like, like, cause Johan Franz and we brought him up earlier, he was getting like verbally assaulted by him. And apparently the words that Chris Chelios used, he was calling him like a fat pig that no one likes. And he was going through depression and concussion issues yeah. during that. And it was like, you are an insane person for doing no, this in general. And especially to someone who's going through this. And um, like John Tortorella, He's seen as a psychopath, but people love him off the ice. Like he's a good person, but his intentions of coaching are just trying to like, yes, he's a hard, he's hard on you and stuff like that. But he's a good person outside of the outside of hockey in general. Like he's like, he's a good person at heart. And once you succeed, he's just hard on you. And that's Mm -hmm. completely different from like verbally assaulting someone and like going through and invading their privacy. It's just absolutely it's completely different and i'm so happy that babcock is just blacklisted from the league i hope just insane just insane but uh why don't we keep the wheels moving here um the vancouver canucks have announced a new broadcast team let me just bring this up here Uh, what's going on here okay <laughs> Sorry, my Wi-Fi is a little slow. What else um, is new? (laughs) Yeah. um, New TV broadcast team. Um, Announcer John Shorthouse will obviously is still the play-by-play call with uh, John Garrett retiring. So John and John is no more. And obviously we've uh, voiced our, like, John Garrett's kind of a homer and stuff like that. But a lot, I guess, a lot of the color commentators are like color commentators are for a specific team like art do have some sort of bias, but um, he is retired. So John and John is no more. But uh, a new game analyst, Dave Tomlinson and host Dan Murphy. So Dan Murphy stays the host. He's kind of doing maybe like a slight promotion from what he was doing before. And Ray Ferraro joins the broadcast team as a game analyst as well on select Canucks games throughout the season. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Dave Tomlinson fits in, but obviously they probably must have done their trial runs and kind of see how it was. Um, I'm sure I've heard Dave Tomlinson before, but I kind of have a rough idea of putting him. Obviously, I recognize the face, but I can't put his voice to the face quite yet, but I'm sure I know him. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird. I don't hate it, but I think I love the upside of Ray Ferraro being in the Canucks um, regime and because I love what Ray Ferraro brings. But overall, what are your thoughts, Hayd? Uh I mean, I don't really have a
1: knowing of these people. Uh, obviously, still kind of fresh and new into the game, but absolutely just, you know, love to have Shorty back there and Murphy keep some yeah. familiarity back there. And I feel like as long as you got those two, Canucks games will feel the exact same.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I think Shorthouse is severely underrated throughout the league. And I'm happy that John and John got playoff games last year. Oh, they absolutely. It. Absolutely. And, and obviously it was playoff games that because usually they're they just do just... The Canucks games and stuff like that, but they were doing like Absolutely Um, criminal. They had to
1: commentate Boston games.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was terrible, but yeah, they. I'm pretty sure they got some uh, Vegas Oilers games. They got the Boston Florida series like they and like it was really like John Shorehouse didn't go farther, but like into the second round, you saw um, Cheech going there like John Garrett. And um, yeah, that was that was kind of funny. But no, they they earned their spot. And I'm excited to see what this new uh, team brings. But overall, overall, I'm excited. Can't really complain. Sticking with the Canucks, we've made a trade. Um, Vancouver Canucks trade Tanner Pearson and a 2025 third round pick to Montreal for Casey DeSmith. Casey DeSmith, obviously on the Penguins and was traded to Montreal in a trade. And that part of that three-way trade with uh, San Jose, Montreal, Pittsburgh, that whole Eric Carlson deal. But Casey DeSmith was on Montreal, and now he's over on Vancouver to back up Demko. The deal saves about a and a half of cap space. But, hey, overall, what are your thoughts on the trade? I think it's good.
1: I mean, there's been no positive talk with Pearson for what I feel like has been a long, long time. And now we get a solid backup, not starter. We've seen what Casey DeSmith Smith is like as a, you know, starter or one, a one B, but you know, to come in relief to Demko. It's quite all right with me. Yeah,
0: I totally agree to Smith. He had his inconsistencies in Pittsburgh, but those inconsistencies came when he had to take on a really big workload. And Jari and Demko in terms of health are pretty similar, but Jari is more like reoccurring, whereas uh, Demko is like when he's hurt, he's out for a few months at a time where Jari can be week to week every single week, but play two games a week. It's super weird with him. So Smith is constantly in and out and like taking on workloads and then not... He gets like inconsistent, but when he comes in, like every third game, he's a great backup. And we, I, I still think Spencer Martin needs another year to kind of like develop a bit more. But he was still good in Vancouver when he came in. Artur Silovs, he had a great World Championships for Latvia, but maybe another year would best do it best. So I think bringing in like an experienced backup in Casey to Smith can do wonders for Vancouver in general. And at least Martin can compete for the backup with De Smith. And if not, then we have a great third goalie to come in if De Smith is hurt for any reason. So mm-hmm. overall, I'm happy with the trade, and we get to shed cap space because we needed to to be cap compliant before the season started. And who knows if Pearson was even going to play again. Like, that was the worry for the longest time, was exactly. whether or not he was going to fully recover. Exactly. So getting, you know, someone who actually
1: will play. Yeah, will make a difference.
0: Yeah. And Casey to Smith doesn't necessarily move the needle and isn't going to bring us to the promised land, but he's a guy with a good reputation. Maybe like I heard he might have some off the ice troubles or a rough patch um, in the past, but 912 career save percentage. I think it qualifies for a decent backup and could help Vancouver a lot this season if they want to compete for the playoffs which I think is the ultimate goal. Agreed. Cool. Uh how about we start chatting about this past week <clears throat> in football? Don't mind if we do. I um think, I don't think there's any NHL news that I'm missing.
1: I don't think so either.
0: I think that was pretty much the big
1: news that I uh, also had seen. Um So I guess, yeah, if we start with the NFL talk or start with football talk, I should say, because I want to give a quick shout out. We haven't really continued the BC Lions type
0: talk. Oh, one more thing. Forgot to mention another captain announcement amongst the league. Braden Shen has been announced as the 24th captain in St. Louis Blues history. Um, They were without a captain after trading Ryan O'Reilly to Toronto. Um and he is now announced as the captain. It was kind of like that worst secret around town when like Horvat was to be announced as captain. Everyone kind of knew Braden Chen was going to be the guy. So no no really surprise there. He's shown great leadership throughout the past years, had an A on his jersey, was great. He's a veteran on the team. Just wanted to mention that. Of course. In general. But continue, hey. Sorry for interrupting. No worries. But yeah, we haven't been so hot or keeping
1: up, at least, with the BC Lions oh, talk. No,
0: no, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I want to give my absolute props because this past Saturday, um, was watching the game. Obviously, I've watched every game this year. Fully committed. And I tell you, man, I, I haven't seen that bad of a game in a long, long time. Uh, A team that you should clearly beat and you're looking like absolute dumpster fire garbage, especially with Winnipeg losing just hours before. You're in a tight race for the West, and every game matters right now. Yeah. So having a home playoff game is essential, but having a bye it's even more essential. Yeah, 100%. And when Winnipeg lost to Hamilton, I if it were me it, I would have it would have lit a fire right under my ass. And from what it looked like, it looked like nothing had happened to BC. Just shit. And so by the fourth quarter, I'm playing Diablo with Shaden and my mom, naturally. And I have it on my second screen right here. Yeah. And I'm looking over here, and it's like, oh, my God, this is just trash. Yeah. Absolute trash. And I turn it off. Okay. After surely Vernon nothing, Adams. After surely Vernon nothing Adams, will happen. No, of course. Vernon Adams just threw his fourth pick. We're down 17. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and I couldn't have been more fucking wrong. Because after I turned it off, um, what happened? The Red Blacks go to and out. Vern Adams leads down a touchdown drive. All right. Ottawa gets the ball back. Ottawa's driving. They're in field goal range. Oh, they miss a kick. Oh, we happen to return at 120 yards for a score. What <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. All right. All right. Now BC's fully back in. A quick two and out, and this game's interesting. Oh, well, what do you know? A quick two and out this game is hella interesting now. So, what happened? Well, we drove down the field and Vernon Adams threw probably one of his nicest passes of the season. Great catch by Lucky Whitehead. Such a nice catch. And now BC's up 41 to 37. Ottawa has the ball back. They don't know what to do. They just got absolutely mentally destroyed. And the final play of the game is a sack. It couldn't have been more storybook ending if you had written it on a
0: script. Yeah, because the writers went crazy. Yeah, <laughs> they totally did. Yeah, one hundred percent. But that lucky Whitehead touchdown happened with like what twenty seconds left. Twenty years? seconds. So Ottawa's just like, oh my god, like this comeback, like truly, like happened at the worst possible time for us because we're we have no time left to drive like eighty yards. Like no. we have nothing. No time. Nothing. So and
1: that's the worst part about the CFL. And I always fucking forget. If I was at the game, I'm not making the same mistake I did years ago when I went with Donald and my dad and my dad made us leave with 3 minutes to go and we scored two touchdowns and a two-point conversion to win the game. I think I was Hamilton. with you. I think I was no, with you, you. you weren't.
0: It was me, Donald and my dad. I remember it was like a for Donald's first time. What other game were we at when we were on the sky train? And your dad was like, oh,
1: my God, we won. He's he's the most fucking as soon as it's going bad, it's going worse. He'll leave. He wants to beat the traffic. I get it. But at the same time, represent the home team. If you're winning. okay, sounds good. You're up by two and a half scores. All right. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But no, Donald and I did not want to leave that game. And I I shouldn't have turned the goddamn TV or screen off. But you know what? I feel like if I did not do that, we wouldn't have won. So (laughs) it's all thanks to me. Uh, Lions won. You guys are welcome. Uh, No, but this just makes the game that Shade and I are going to, which, by the way, definitely come along. October 6th, I want to say it is against winnipeg and that game could literally be for first place
0: oh
1: it could be a big big game so that's exciting uh win win or loss i don't care but i digress let's move into the nfl week numero dos and we started off with big kirko Doing everything he fucking can to win, and just the Vikings team won't help him, man. He's on pace to throw for over six thousand yards, forty touchdowns, seven picks, and go zero and seventeen. Fifty-one touchdowns, I think. Fifty-one touchdowns. <laughs> like he is playing out of his mind. He is like, yeah, the last. The last touchdown was definitely in prevent defense, but he he other than a fumble, he's playing some of the best football I've ever seen. If Alexander Madison, uh, quick note on that too: people who are just absolutely being super racist towards a, oh God, an actual person.
0: That was disgusting.
1: Actually, you were a piece of shit. Yeah, like it's football. This guy's a human. You can you can bash him about fantasy and say how bad he was for your team. NFL players don't give a shit. But when you make it a hateful, like attack on their person, that's when it starts to be getting like, All right, "Do you know what you're doing with your life?" Yeah, it's gross. So if the Vikings could help Kirk Cousins, Jeff, would the Vikings be two and O instead of O and two? I think so.
0: <laughs> yeah, like sixty four for eighty eight in two games. That's like seventy percent completion percentage. that's
1: top of the league <laughs>
0: almost has a th- like I know he doesn't almost have a thousand yards but like he has a th- he almost has a thousand yards in like two games like he has seven hundred and eight yards like that's just absurd for like that's three hundred and fifty four passing yards a game like that's just absurd six touchdowns a pick one hundred and fourteen qBr like this guy's just playing out of this world right now and that's kind of what I was worried about with Minnesota coming into this year because of all their one-score victories last year. And it was just like, you're not going to get that luck no matter how well Kirk plays because you got to get some lucky breaks in those 11 one-score wins and they just might not happen the same year. And I think it's kind of proven to be that same point this year. Mm-hmm. And it's... They're regressing to the norm, which is not what you want to do. Yeah, but like, It's nothing against Kirk. Like Kirk's playing out of his freaking mind right now. Absolutely. And
1: Justin Jefferson as well playing out of his mind. Absolutely burnt Darius Slay. Yeah. Darius Slay, obviously one of the best. Put up a great game against him last year, but Jed has got the best of him this year. And I mean, uh, what a surprise. Another year, you got older in your career. Another year, he basically is in his prime. I don't expect anything less. But, I mean, if the Vikings held them to one less score, or if Addison or Madison, you know, doesn't fumble, then this game could have been a lot more interesting of a Thursday night game.
0: Yeah. 100%. And also with Philly, you see what happens when you hand it off to the guy you just traded for. DeAndre Swift had a fucking monster game. Monster game. 175 yards rushing and a couple tuts. Oh, wow. Start him in fantasy ASAP. No, he had an absolute monster of a game. And bringing it back to Justin Jefferson, I think um, second youngest or youngest. Receiver to hit five thousand yards. Youngest receiver. Twenty-four years old, and he already has five thousand career receiving yards like that. Absolutely. Really, that doesn't really make so sense to me. I'm glad I was so wrong about him. Yeah, that just you doesn't know? really compute in my brain to be. It's no, no. it's not normal. It's absurd. And it is he's just he might be the greatest receiver of all time. He just needs to get out of Minnesota. Some hardware, concerned. yeah. And he could he could be
1: the greatest. Yeah. Definitely. Um but other than that, we move on uh to another also, uh, uh,
0: that was uh Philly 34 Vikings 28. We should just like preface that. Preface sounds
1: score. good. All right, we'll do that first then. Uh Baltimore 27, Cincinnati 24. Uh a game I did not have going like this. I think the Bengals are in trouble until we see a Joe Burrow game. He is yeah. obviously my MVP pick, which does not look good for my five dollar bet because yeah,
0: he needs to get going, but <laughs> he's looking like the MVP, you know, yeah. the,
1: the Nickelodeon most valuable player because yeah. this is just god awful, man. The defense looks not good. Jamar Chase can't get it going. At least T. Higgins showed up this week.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, kinda
1: kinda made up for last week. But like Burrow doesn't look Doesn't look calm in the pocket right now, Jeff.
0: He does not. And uh, I don't like to pump my own tires, but uh, Jevin had him at three and a half or plus three. And one of my reasons was because since he likes to start seasons off slow and the second game proved it, but Joe also did start last season. zero and two. Yeah, exactly. And like, Joe Burrow, like another missed training camp. I think that's his third straight training camp he's missed. And it showed it looks like he reaggravated his calf strain that he suffered in week one or like just before week one. And it's just like things are kind of the waters are looking a little uh, murky right now in Cincy right now. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Jamar Chase really needs to get going. It's, it's, yeah, it's the, the waters are rough right now in Cincinnati. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, Lamar
1: Jackson, great game. Now that's looking like a huge smash for uh, Scott, obviously being super high, I'm super high on Lamar Jackson as well. I, I love Lamar Jackson. His, his play progression is getting so much better. And as a pocket passer, you see a lot more like throws to risk. to make receivers go open. Yeah. Obviously, he still has, you know, the the mess up, but all the great quarterbacks do. So, yeah, I think Baltimore is in a great place. Since he, until we see a Joe Burrow game, I I don't know what else I can say about it. So, I think with that, we should just move on.
0: Yeah, I just want to say, like, it's just so nice to see Lamar have confident receivers and, like, even just the rookie of oh, yeah. Flowers, like, Zay Flowers is kind of what Rashad Bateman was projected to be, like that go to guy, even mm-hmm. as a rookie. And mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman injuries have kind of gotten in his way and he hasn't been able to pan out the way he was drafted to be. But obviously, still a young guy and can pull anything together at any point. But Zay Flowers has just popped off so quick into his rookie career and has already solidified himself as like a top target for Lamar Jackson. And I just know. Lamar is cheesing right now that he has someone he can go to. And then I know he kind of suffered an injury, but even having like a veteran in Odell, the skill of catching never really goes away. It's just the art of getting open and like having the speed to do so. But if you always have Odell as like a wide receiver three, I don't think Lamar's complaining about that at all, especially if Mark Andrews is healthy. And with Zay Flowers, that guy's just so shifty. And I just, it's so nice to see Lamar have weapons to throw to now. And he can kind of fully like flourish as a passer and not have to rely on his running so much. Absolutely. So I just kind of wanted to throw that point in there. No, good point. Good point. Um, next game, uh,
1: my game of the week. Called it, uh, personally, just want to say, uh, just looking back at my notes, I'm keeping all of my notes on the same page. That way, I can g- go back and see if I had said anything in a certain week. Hashtag uh, professional. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I, you said it, not me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but week, my my first upcoming of the week, next week game, Hawks and Lions. Jesus Christ, what a game! Yep. Uh, how many points scored? It was 37 to 31 for the Seahawks. But oh my god, there was not a lot wrong with this game. No, not a lot of penalties. Great quarterback play against two young and pretty good defenses. Jared Goff played amazingly through his first pick and almost 400 attempts. Uh, Geno. You know, orchestrated, a, and
0: it was a dumb interception too. Like on, it, was. it wasn't
1: really his fault. No, it wasn't. It was all the running backs' fault for not catching it. But Geno Smith orchestrated a beautiful offense, and Kenneth Walker, uh, my fantasy darling this year. I have him in so many leagues. I think I have him in like three of the five of my leagues that I'm in. Mm. Just absolutely love the guy. Uh, great nickname by the way, K nine. Oh, that's that's nice,
0: <laughs>
1: but no, it's a uh, easily easily, in my opinion, game of the week. You send it to overtime, and you know I even called it. I said, "Jeff, whoever gets this ball first is gonna is gonna win."
0: Yeah, and it with, uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> and with the and with the Seahawks plus four and a half bet, I was praying that the Seahawks got the ball first, and they did. And, and they did questionable holding call. On Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, questionable he, indeed. He did get held, and it should have been called, but I'm happy it didn't because Lockett scored a touchdown on that play and won me my bet. But mm-hmm. technically I didn't win the bet because Green Bay sold, but we'll get to that later. Yeah,
1: we'll get to but, that later. Yeah. But
0: no, yeah, like just both teams constructed a really good game plan and not a lot of defense against two really good defensive teams, which is weird.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, not expected. Uh, Unfortunately, David Montgomery goes down with an injury. Uh, See this as a potential uptick for Jameer Gibbs, Mm -hmm. but also not because who do they have at third string slash second string or 2A, 2B? Uh, I know he's a vet. I can't remember his name right now, but yeah, it seems like Monty's out for a couple weeks, which, really is a damper, because he was putting up a pretty good season. But hopefully this opens the door a little bit for for
0: Gibbs. Yeah, to break through a little bit. Exactly. Uh, Any more on this game, Jeff? Um, Not that I can uh, think of. I just kind of, I'm excited to see what Jameer Gibbs looks in a a kind of a bigger role. Um, Craig Reynolds is listed as the third running back. Craig
1: Reynolds, yes
0: don't know a lot what about him, but I'm assuming Jameer Gibbs will kind of be promoted into that um more starting. Uh, yeah, starting running back and get a lot of the shares. But obviously, mm-hmm. they're going to get Reynolds in.
1: No, but, definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh Now,
1: moving on, Indianapolis, 31, Houston, 21. This is
0: a game I didn't watch a lot of. Um I didn't
1: on- watch too much of either, but also we were there. Yeah, <laughs> together.
0: <laughs> unfortunately, um, I mean, Anthony AFC Richardson. South game.
1: Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> since since it's your guy, you take control of the first little bit here.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, Anthony Richardson goes down with his second injury of the year, just in the second week. Uh, concussion protocol, probably not playing this weekend. But he had a really good game to start off. Two rushing touchdowns, one of them being an eighteen yard. Russian touchdown and the other one was a really good uh play deception where he had the defense going one way and he kind of scampered in for a 12-yard run um it was 15 it was a because he had an 18 and a 15 18 and a 15 yes yeah i knew it was around there but no it was a very good uh play action had the defense going the other way and it was basically he had two blockers in front of him against one defender and he had, he just got to Could basically army crawl in there from the line of scrimmage and he would have got a touchdown. So um but just I didn't see the play that got him hurt, but it was the second touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I I remember saying yeah, I remember hearing that he got um he got hit at the goal line, maybe like and I think the helmet's a helmet. Well, it was Um, really
1: dumb because he should have just kept running. If he had kept running, he easily would have beat the defender at the edge and not gotten hit. But he took it on fell back refs or uh yeah the upfield refs saw something and they're like get this guy checked yeah and that's what the that's what'll do it to you now man like you gotta you gotta be wary of it like i'm just i'm just watching a highlight of it because this is what i do just to try and catch up my knowledge right like he easily could have beat him to the edge yeah and he just he slowed up and then immediately he got up and was like good but then after walking around a bit he's like "Holy shit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you can I think see it on him. Yeah, I think the adrenaline war wore, wore off there. And I think with more years, more seasons under his belt, he'll um he'll get to the point in awareness and like intelligence and mm-hmm. kind of scampering to the sideline as fast as possible. But he called himself out of the game with concussion, like he did it himself from reports that I'm hearing is that he's like, No, I have a concussion. I like I need to sit out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I guess kind of a lot of players are stubborn when it comes to that and the CTE gets worse. So if you're able to have the awareness of calling it yourself, I think that's kind of a smart move. You're still a young guy on a team that's not going to really win. Save your Mm -hmm. body, save Mm -hmm. yourself. But yeah, it's um, my fantasy team is kind of hurting right now. Yeah. So you should
1: also let people know who you're starting in fantasy this week, specifically on the one team
0: that you had Aaron Rodgers and Anthony Richardson on. So for the folks listening, don't start Matthew Stafford, because that's who I'm starting. So (laughs) Matthew, if you're listening, definitely listening. I'm sorry, man, because you got something coming your way that I just can't really predict, but something is coming. And you know what the worst fucking part is? He plays on Monday night,
1: (laughs) which we'll also get into when we talk about the Monday night game. But. I actually might take out Matthew Stafford and put in Desmond Ritter just because
0: (laughs) I. Yeah, I'd like I could. I can just picture like Matthew Stafford elbow injury like that's just like speaking to me somehow. And he's going to get pulled in like the second quarter or like a hand injury where like the follow through hits a helmet and he like breaks his hand. One of those weird injuries. If it does, it'll be so fucking not funny, but
1: it'll be just the irony. It's just like what else can I do? But yeah, uh, yeah. but Nico Collins and Zach Moss both had great games. Um, And you know what? Gardner Minshew
0: showed out just a solid backup. He's just like he's one of those quarterbacks where he can't really take on a starting job, but when he comes in for a quarterback, he's dialed Nick, in.
1: Hey, Nick Foles, like you said last week, man.
0: Yeah, he's Nick uh, Foles, man.
1: Next game. Uh Tampa continues to show out. Yes, it was against the Chicago Bears. Nice. But, that was good. But uh Mike Evans, still that guy, at least against everyone who isn't Marshawn Lattimore. Because he went off. He had more receiving yards than the whole Bears wide receiver room. So no one could guard him.
0: Yeah, no one could can't. stop him. Yeah.
1: And if it wasn't for Mike Evans, Tampa doesn't win this game at all.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike I Evans don't... has always... like when My first year in fantasy, I was told to draft Mike Evans because he's just a really good wide receiver. And that was... Seven years ago, like that was <laughs> yeah. like a while ago. And, and he's Mike still Evans, that can, guy, he continues to produce. And I don't think, knock on wood, that that thousand-yard receiving season it, streak is ending anytime soon. If he keeps playing no, like this,
1: absolutely not. He might be on. I think
0: he's on pace for his most receiving yards ever right now and in a season. Let's just hope it stays that way because I got him at a steal. Absolutely.
1: like The fact that people were taking Chris Godwin before Mike Evans kind of bonkers to me because it's like A, Mike Evans is the number one and still will be. I think the only reason Godwin got hype was because Mike Evans was the one so who the fuck are you putting at number two
0: Yeah, to guard Godwin? And And also Brady loves throwing to those types of receivers too. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Uh, but, I mean, tough game for Justin Fields. I know so many Bears fans are still out. Dude, he's still young, man. Like, he is a running quarterback. And people have to work to his strengths. His strengths aren't the pocket. But I do admit, he does need to progress a little better. Uh, there just, is those terrible screenshots of him missing
0: wide open people. Right up the seam, bro. That they one was will bad. Come. That one right up the seam was not good. No, it Uh, wasn't. You still taking uh, Caleb Williams first over off the Bears get it? I mean, probably not.
1: Because the haul that you could get from, let's say, a team like, I don't know, Arizona. Like who's who would be a bottom team? Arizona would be a bottom team, for sure. And there's reports already saying like they're ready to move on from Kyler. Which, lol. Uh, the Panthers? No, they wouldn't trade again. The the Bears already have their fucking pick. Yeah. Uh Like the NFC East, I like Sam Howell. Danny Dimes just got paid. The AFC South, two new quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, maybe Tennessee. <laughs> if they don't like yeah, maybe, Levis honestly. Or, or Tannehill. But I mean, I feel like Tennessee after this week is somewhat competitive. You know what? Like, think about a couple teams. Write them down. Let's let's hear out the situation after. But I, if I was Chicago, I wouldn't take Caleb Williams because you're just going to ruin him. You're just gonna start Justin Fields over and do the same shit. Like you gotta you gotta take these beatings with this guy and then you know give proper coaching. I think coaching plays a big role in
0: this too. Yeah, that's fair. I want to believe in Fields, but he's kind of not as harsh as Zach Wilson because he's shown a lot more, especially with his Absolutely. likes and stuff. But just as like a pocket passing quarterback, I feel like You have your guy in DJ Moore, and I just think there's enough weapons there to kind of show a bit more than what he's shown, and it's a little worrisome, whereas I think Caleb Williams, his projection is much better, and I think I would probably take Caleb Williams if I had the chance, just because I think his ceiling is way higher than Fields ever will be, because I like Caleb Williams as a passer, and he can still rush to an extent and mm-hmm. so I'm still going to take him and when you you're probably going to have a high pick with carolina where you can potentially who knows take like marvin harrison junior who might be one of the generational talent wide receiver or you can take someone at edge or like a defensive lineman yeah absolutely really solidify that but i think caleb williams might be a regret at passing on whereas fields was like what 10th overall pick where like yeah i think you can maybe ship him off for like a second and a third or something and yeah very well could yeah very well could
1: uh also just rewatching the line needs to be better man
0: yeah like, maybe that's where your second pick can go is uh
1: oh just an absolute stud of an offensive lineman would help tremendously yeah, yeah. um Another game that I thought might have been, you know, game of the week, uh, rematch from the playoffs last year. Uh, the Chiefs, 17, and the Jaguars, 9. My Honestly, what the f-
0: my what the fuck game of the week is what the fuck was that?
1: Honestly, Jeff, we should have seen this coming, man. Like, what year, what 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 month of the year is it right now? September?
0: Um, one yeah. second, let me check. Yeah, September.
1: Uh, all right, all right. What is one of the hottest places? in all of America right now.
0: Um
1: Florida. Yeah, exactly. And Jacksonville, prominently known for not having the best overhead coverage. This game got up to 125 degrees Fahrenheit. This is the this is the Buffalo Bills loss uh some years ago that no one was expecting but everyone should have expected.
0: And uh yeah, Jacksonville is in Florida. Yeah, yes. Just, yeah, just trying. So the the fact that the Chiefs won this game
1: um pretty remarkable. Kadarius Tony actually has hands. We can now confirm that. He is Deadpool. He grew hands in a week. <laughs> but we we should have seen this as a low scoring game, man. It is hot out there. It is unrealistic uh playing temperatures. I'm sure when everyone fell down on
0: the turf pellets, they're probably like, "Holy fuck, this hurts." Yeah. And Honestly, though, seventeen to nine. Come on, boys. He can do a little bit better than that, especially with that four straight plays of Casey fumble, Jacksonville fumble, Casey fumble snap, then an interception. That's not yeah. four possessions in a row. That's four literal plays in a row. Casey yeah, that fumbled, is pretty bad. First possession of Jacksonville's drive, they fumble, and then. The first play of Casey's new possession was a fumble snap. And yeah, then no, not good. threw me an interception. And it was just like, I don't think weather necessarily affects ball discipline. Maybe if
1: it's raining. Yes.
0: <laughs> but like heat, I think like you boys just need to be better. Like, I just think it was a just a bad game. Like, obviously, I I've never played football and you can speak to this way more. But, like, I obviously can't imagine playing football in, what did you say? 120? 125. Last time I checked, that's that's about, like, 40 degrees, 45 uh, let's, degrees. Let's check. 125 Fahrenheit it, to double, Celsius. Double it at 30, 45 degrees. 51 degrees Celsius. Like, that's not healthy, right? <laughs> no. Surely. No. Surely no, not, not at all. So obviously, yes, like your mental awareness and fatigue and just knowing what your first name is goes out the window in that type of temperature. But I still think that there was some plays where had you just managed the ball better, the score could have been over 37 and a half combined, where it was just barely cracked 28. So agreed. Or 26. That is so I think it could have been much better. so like that's why it's kind of my what the fuck because it's like, come on boys, you can do better, but obviously he plays a massive factor, yeah. Also, uh, shout out to the announcers for throwing in that Taylor Swift reference on Kelsey's touchdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he found a blank space. in The end zone. In the end zone. Yeah, I, told, I told Georgia that and she was like, that is amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 so a uh, huge shout out to the Swifties there. Absolutely. Can't wait to hear uh, Taylor Swift's new album. It's going to be all, about, the all about Travis Kelsey. Casey's like Super Bowl runs and Travis Kelsey's um <laughs> impact on that. It's gonna be great. Absolutely. All right. Next game. Uh Jeff,
1: this this game lost you some money, buddy. Uh the Falcons. Can we skip over this game? Out please? a win versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh shout out Corey. Um what a surprise. Your your team fucked me again. <laughs> Uh, fuck the Packers, man. Jesus Christ. What? What? Just because you guys lose Aaron Rodgers, your your whole offense just becomes super stagnant. Why the fuck was it just, we're up 12. Let's run the ball. Let's not do anything. And then Jordan Love being the drunkest player who's not actually drunk and forgetting what snap
0: count he is, but everyone else doesn't. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, just unbelievable. And if I stayed with the parlay that I bet, like posted on Instagram, like Bills minus 13 and a half smashed it, me and you both. Mm-hmm. um Seahawks plus three or plus four and a half, Ravens plus three would have made some more money, but me and myself. Saw being greedy. I was greedy and I saw Green Bay at plus two. And with I was like, I may as well just bet the money line. They covered the plus two. So fuck me. But they were.
1: It was Vegas minus knows
0: their spreads, man. It was minus one ten. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to risk the money line for plus odds so that my boost can go higher on my parlay. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where the greedy comes in, and I lost. So, Absolutely, very unfortunate, Green Bay. I don't like you right now. No, but I, uh, Atlanta looks frisky. Atlanta looks frisky. Uh, Ritter had a much better game. Um, threw the ball downfield a lot more, which is good. Cool the, f- the Falcons actually have a receiver. Yeah,
1: uh, Drake London. Don't know if you know the name, but he caught a touchdown pass.
0: Yeah, heard of him. Had, had ninety yards too. Uh, B. Bijan Robinson had uh, 173 total yards, something like that, 172 total yards uh, with 124 on the ground. So that's pretty good. Last time I checked.
1: Yeah. And nope, he looks like a real good.
0: deal. So Falcons, I think I uh, underestimated you guys and I apologize. I think I. I.
1: I see this right they' They verse Carolina and then they verse green Bay. They live and die by the run. And as soon as, you know, teams figured out that that's what you play for, then Ritter's going to have to show what he can do in the pass game. But until then, if you can keep doing this, Atlanta, obviously keep doing it, man. Like they're, they're not good in the red zone. Like they had, like New Orleans isn't either, Donald. I know you're listening. Okay. But time will come. See, I'm being nice to you, Donald. Okay. (laughs) I'm being nice to you. Time will come the same way Atlanta starts scoring in the red zone, the same way New Orleans will start scoring in the red zone. Okay. So, with that being said, you live and die by the run and then play mean mouth defense. You just need your defense to actually hold them to under. Under 17 points a game, and I would feel a lot more confident. And this game, you didn't, but you still pulled it out of your ass. Yeah. Doesn't matter how you win, matters that you do
0: win. Exactly. They ask how, they ask how many. Exactly. But, but yeah, anywho, I'm sad.
1: Yeah, we're all very sad. <laughs> Next game, <laughs> we have the absolute molly whopping uh the bills just they rebounded they rebounded hard and they rebounded nice
0: so for a four touchdown win good i would say so you know 28 20, if you could bet a team
1: minus 27 and a half and feel you know confident about that bet uh by all means yeah <laughs> could it be me but no, couldn't be me. I, I'm not that crazy, but I know some people are. But if there was any game to do it, it would have been this fucking game. Yeah. In Buffalo, home opener, going up against a shitty Raiders team. You're kind of worried at first because the Raiders' first drive got them seven points. But other than that, if you were a Buffalo Bills fan, uh this this was a this was a great day. James <laughs> Cook happened.
0: This is a huge, oh. huge coming out party for him. 123 yards on the ground. You got to love to see it. The game script absolutely called for James Cook to cook. Uh,
1: obviously, high scoring. Uh, we'll do that to you. Run the ball. Get a couple of big runs, you know, after some short ones. And that's what will happen. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, Diggs didn't get into the end zone. He didn't make any big plays. But Gabe Davis. I uh, made game. some good plays. Dawson Knox, you know, still, still there. I, I wouldn't be, you know, drafting. Fucking Kincaid is my number one tight end. I, you know, I'm, I'm always worried about the guy in front of him because that's what they're going to go with familiarity. But <clears throat> no, it was a, it was, it was great. You held Josh Jacobs to negative two rushes, or rushing yards. That's the most carries. impressive
0: thing. I Absolutely. Think. No, absolutely. But yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> Buffalo, huge get right game for them. Absolutely. Um, the next game,
1: uh the Titans and the Chargers. Your favorite game this week. <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh my god, dude. Uh Hashtag Staley hot seat. Yes. A hundred times yes, Brandon Staley. You are on the hot seat. Uh we were calling it last year because, like I know Kellen Moore's the offensive coordinator, but Staley, you're the defensive coordinator, basically. What the fuck? Did you not see what New Orleans did last week to not get Derrick Henry going? <laughs> they played up, they yeah. made Tannehill throw on you. And as soon as you gave Henry space, he was getting chunk play after chunk play. And then as soon as you crept up, oh, Traylon Burks, eighty yard pass. How are you doing, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins? Eight. And again, you had to play with Herbert trying
0: to win games. Hundred percent. And again, it her. It's it's the Chargers' special, like Herbert. Highest most points, most offensive points since coming into the league, but most defensive points as well. And it's just defense looks good on paper, but it is not good. And maybe this is why Kellen Moore came to the Chargers because he knew that Staley sucked at his job and maybe he could take over as head coach. Mm. And why wouldn't you want to be the head coach of the Chargers? And tell you what, you get a fucking actual
1: defensive coordinator in that spot, man. (laughs) shit changes. Yeah, exactly fast.
0: And like Keenan Allen turned back the clock. This game, huge game on for him, huge Mike Williams game as well. Yeah. And it's just, but we always come back to the same point. Chargers are going to charge her, man. It's, they always find a way to lose close games in terrible, heartbreaking fashion. Just have the lead midway through the fourth and they just somehow don't score anymore and give up 10 points and lose. And it's just, you guys can't figure out how to win a fucking game. And it's no. annoying to see. All this too without Austin Eckler. Like it just shows that Austin Eckler
1: makes your offense better, but you don't need him realistically. Like the offense can run through Herbert very well. <laughs> yeah. And Josh Kelly is still a good running back. He's yeah, he's a very serviceable running back. Just get a defense, man. Yeah. Super frustrating. Like learn something. Literally learn something from New Orleans if you want to be like them. Uh you can't win by outscoring people. Sean Payton tried to fucking do that. How many games did Drew Brees pass? uh for over 400 yards in a season uh, like five times one season and lost all four of those games you, Yeah, it's just it's not sustainable
0: you can't not, do it yeah it's really not but it's really not uh
1: into a game that was very much a better tester for the 49ers uh 49ers 30 Rams 23 this was a good game
0: it was it was a really good back and forth game in LA. I mean, Nakua boy, that guy is a fucking legend.
1: Huka Nakua, all-time uh right up there with Rashid Shaheed for all-time yeah. name team. Yeah. Uh
0: absolute PPR beast. 25 uh, receptions and 27 receptions in 2 games. So but like it's that.
1: like you don't yeah, it shows San Fran, like having all these weapons and excuse me, Brock Purdy is why San Francisco is so dangerous. Yeah. They are like they are probably the most complete all around team. And that's why I have them going to the Super Bowl, is because it's hard to find a flaw with the 49ers. I they agree. have a great, they have a great running back great offensive line, and great weapons. They don't have an all-star quarterback,
0: but he's pretty fucking damn good. And we've learned that you don't need an all-star quarterback in San Francisco to win with this team. You need a guy who can just manage a game and not fuck up. And Jimmy Garoppolo had a lot of moments where he did screw up, but Brock Purdy has come in and shown that He doesn't make mistakes. He just gets puts the ball where he needs to and then throws a screen to Christian McCaffrey and he takes it 65 yards and then lets him take it. He doesn't
1: do the big plays. He just distributes the ball to the big play
0: guys. Exactly. And that's all you really need with this team. Like Kyle Shanahan has coached the San Fran team deep into the playoffs with unhealthy rosters. Just hasn't been able to get over the hump. He schemes very well around defenses, and you put uh, any sort of weapon on his team and he can find a way to make them super productive. Whether it's Ayuk's week, Debo's week, Christian McCaffrey's week, which is basically every week. Every week, yeah. And then you still have Kittle. That'll get you like 50 yards a game and then maybe break out for 120 a couple weeks. But it's just there's no real defending this team. It's really hard to find... Even on a bad day, they'll still probably put up like 27 points. And like, that's really hard to do in this league. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's why I had San Fran going deep. And the only thing that's going to stop them is injuries. And hopefully that doesn't happen with them this year.
1: Hopefully. Hopefully. But uh, this next game, this is my what the fuck game. Uh, The Giants, huge comeback against the Cardinals after looking like. Uh, the J, your high school JV team going up against an NFL team. Um, my notes on this the Cardinals, the tank is on because how do you not finish this game out? The Giants look dead in the water. Is Josh Dobbs good or is the Giants defense bad? And Saquon is built different. Buddy has been diagnosed with a high ankle sprain, but yet reports just came out today from Brian Dable saying. Don't day-to-day. don't listen to all the reports. He's he's a game time decision for Thursday night. I don't know how his ankle looked like. I'd be out for like two and a half weeks, man. And this guy's gonna be back within four days. How? And who are they playing
0: Thursday night again? San Fran. So I wouldn't bring him back. <laughs> I don't find it worth it to bring him back. I would. Be I would take the longer week and rest him. Mm-hmm. Like, like maybe if he was if they played on the Monday and he had a longer week to rest, then I would understand game time decision. Give him a few days extra to like ice it and you know, like kind of give us some time to heal. But on a short week on a high ankle sprain, like that's last time I checked, I, uh, that's not the way to handle it. But. No. I mean, to each their own. And you ask how the Cardinals blew this game, it's because Jonathan Gannon went in at halftime and was like, hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? We want Caleb Williams lose. And they went out and lost. So I think that's what happened at halftime. Um, Definitely was like, we're too good right now. We can't win. So they went out and were like, no defense. All right, we'll start losing. Yeah, and then let Danny Dimes take over, and he threw for a ton of yards after, and scored thirty-one, <laughs> thirty-one points after going six quarters scoreless. So good for looking them. like a beast.
1: Yeah. Uh, this next game, the Dallas Cowboys thirty, the New York Jets ten. Zach Wilson has seen ghosts. (laughs) Uh, The Dallas Cowboys against teams in New York are 70 to 10 uh, points for versus points against. Is that good? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what. You could outscore your uh, opponent's 35 to 5 every game. I I'd love that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On average, uh, this game, Dak looked. Good, C.D. Lamb, um, absolutely just went off.
0: Eleven receptions, man. That's just he ate.
1: Hundred and forty-three yards. Um, I think like, what was it? Half of them were on Sauce Gardner. So, not too good of a game from Sauce, but at the same time, they ran a lot of scheme plays, and the Jets played a lot of zone. Yeah, so there was a lot of like mix up. Yeah, but I mean, still for one on one coverage, uh, if you get beat three times or if you get caught on three times one on one for an elite corner, it's not a good game.
0: Yeah. And, is, you know,
1: man. everyone has those bad games. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, we don't need to spend too much time on this. This was a pretty well known fact that this is going to happen in the game. Uh, At least. That was my thought.
0: Yeah, I just think Micah Parsons might be the best player in football. Like, that yes. guy is insane. Um, How quick he gets to the quarterback. Like, I know the Jets, like, they have their weaknesses, but their offensive line isn't, like, abysmal. But the way Micah Parsons got to that backfield and in Zach Wilson's face so quick is absolutely mind-numbing. Like, it's absurd what he did. Two sacks, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. He just like he's a lion. Like I know he go like he is the lion. That's his nickname. But like it's absurd how true it is cuz he hunts down the QB so quick and I just think if he keeps playing at this pace then it's not even going to be close who the defensive player of the year is. No, oh, absolutely. Like I, like I just think right now he's running away with it and obviously there's Nick Bosa, there's TJ Watt. TJ Watt had a good game this week too. But I just think it's Parson right now, and he's just, it's unbelievable how insane he is. And oh, absolutely. I just think, like, obviously, he played a huge part in the Jets not producing anything. But yeah, it's one score and it was off of like a broken play. Yeah. And pretty much Zach Wilson to get your best receiver, one of the best young receivers in the league. To get him the ball only two times is inexcusable.
1: Yeah, like, I'd rather just throw the ball to him eight times and only have him come down with it, like, four times.
0: Yeah, it's just... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he did no force-feeding to to Wilson. And also, Brees Hall only getting four carries. Yikes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Michael
1: Carter outplaying him. And also Dalvin Cook. Why? Why? <laughs> I I don't know You, you want to give your team a chance Play your guys My
0: take on it Hot take Who would you uh, call up to come in for quarterback Or like would you trade for... Nathan Rourke Sign him off the practice squad baby <laughs> Would you trade for Jameis Winston If I was the Jets Fuck no <laughs> Really
1: What What is Winston going to do? He's going to put up two hundred and ninety yards and three picks. He's going to do the exact same thing, but just make it a little bit more like interesting. Like instead of losing thirty to ten, they'll lose thirty to twenty.
0: Like you don't think what he did like on the Saints before he got hurt. He can't produce like that in on the Jets. (sighs) With the way that the Jets are running it right
1: now. No. I don't think they run enough scheme for it. You know, I think the way they brought in Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers, I think it was more like obviously they're making it a little bit more complex and now Zach Wilson, they gotta kinda dumb it down. But I feel like Jameis, you know, is the big play guy he is. He's gonna he's gonna try and force feed a lot when instead he should be taking the 10-yard dump-downs. He's basically like a a Josh Allen, but not anywhere near athletic. That's fair. That's how I kind of see it. And I mean, like, he'll win you some games, but he'll also lose you some games, and they'll look bad.
0: So would you just ride the season out with Zach Wilson?
1: If I was the Jets and I had Super Bowl aspirations, uh, and I truly think I did, I would try and trade for a veteran quarterback. Jameis Winston is, I mean, probably at the top of the list. Like, thinking of backup quarterbacks who are behind, you know, maybe, depending on Tennessee's season goes, you know, calling for Ryan Tannehill. I don't know, man. There's so much. Even, apparently, they offered a first-round pick for Kirk Cousins, but Kevin O'Connell was like, no. Yeah. Which, big up to Kevin O'Connell, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah,
0: it's definitely an interesting situation.
1: You need to do it quick. It yeah. can't be it can't be at trade deadline. Because if you're if you're four and five at trade deadline, you're fucked. I agree. In that division, no, you're you're done. Yeah. I agree. Uh but the next game, we go to mile high where Washington pulls off a miraculous comeback against Denver. Yeah. 35 to 33 now you want to talk about miraculous uh that Hail Mary catch
0: that was the end one of the craziest Hail Mary catches I've seen in a
1: while that that was fucking perfect Russell yeah. Wilson moon ball tipped up four times and caught uh it, it shouldn't have had to come to that though Denver should have had this game you know 35 to 17. They they played so poorly in the second half. It's crazy. Like, does Denver not know that there's four quarters in a game? Because right. if they were playing just till halftime, man, they'd look like the best team on paper. Defense is locked
0: down and offense is flying. <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, like Russell Wilson, like played good. I can't really complain with like how he played before the Hail Mary of course cuz that was just absurd. I guess he was like he threw for 258 passing yards, two touchdowns and a pick. But I feel like they were moving the ball well and I just there's a lot of Denver's just so weird. It's just it feels like they can't really make anything happen despite playing decent. No. And they're just kind of selling right now. Yeah, and you know one
1: one big factor I think is I don't think they're getting Williams the ball enough. Yeah. Like that was another thing. They they he got like all of his fantasy points in the first half and then was just stagnant in the second. Like he didn't do he didn't do anything. P Ryan was in because obviously a little bit more passing. But like if you mix in Williams' with screen passes and and short plays or or just run you know like he's a great outside stretch runner and they just weren't doing that yeah and I feel like they lost the game because they got they obviously just slowed down way too much played way too conservative when in this league you can't do that especially knowing who the offensive coordinator is on the other side yeah, Eric Enemy is a pretty fucking good offensive coordinator,
0: I'd say. Yeah, last time I checked, he's decent. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... I agree, like, that's one thing Denver needs to really, like, get together is uh, getting the running game going. I just think when you're solely relying on the pass passing game so much to get the offense going, you can't really generate much on the run game, then it really kind of throws a wrench in your whole game plan. So I think just... In general, like the offensive line and running backs need to get together and kind of focus on creating gaps so that Williams and P. Ryan can kind of run through and like generate some stuff because Russell Wilson isn't really at an age and he's past his prime to be able to take over an offense just by throwing. And like I just they really need to generate more in the run game because Javante Williams couldn't really get anything going. So no. Yeah, but not at all. That failed two point conversion, I think it was slight holding. Yeah, I, think. I definitely think there was some pass interference going on. Yeah. There. So I think it should have been either replayed or I don't know what the ruling is on a two point conversion for pass interference. I'm pretty sure it's just. It's, it's a
1: half, halfway half the to the goal. Yeah, half the distance, something so like that. Yeah, the two yard and line, one yard line.
0: Yeah, yeah. and replay. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think that there was some obstruction there, and the play should have got called back.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but Sam Howell, give credit where credit is due. Uh, hundred percent. Absolutely love this guy. He he seems like such a, such a. I don't know. There's something about Sam Howell that I, particularly like. I like his pocket awareness, for basically a rookie. His yep. throws into coverage are elite. At least right now, they are. Uh, That one touchdown that he had to Terry McLaurin in the end zone was beautiful. Uh,
0: It was absurd. I think it
1: was the game-tying touchdown.
0: Yeah, it was crazy.
1: Yeah, and then do you think Jackson, uh, number 22, should be suspended for a game uh, for that hit on Logan Thomas? He should be suspended like six games. Uh, you want to define what targeting is? That is targeting. Why Why are you, does the league not suspend people for doing shit like that?
0: You should be, because like the week before he knocked out Jacoby Myers and got fined like 15 grand. And then the following yeah. week, he leaves his feet for a head to head hit against Logan Thomas, who is also defenseless, is just. Straight up, like blasphemy that he hasn't been suspended yet for at least three games. I said six, and I still would be happy if he got six games, but it should be minimum three, four games. Yeah, that be is because it was a gross hit. Absolutely terrible. brutal. It was not a football play whatsoever. It was absurd that that happened. It was, it was crazy. Absolutely. But,
1: Sunday night we go. Yep. And I'll give you the reins here because not only did the New England Patriots play, but in a shattering defeat of Miami 24 to New England 17, Jeff, you came up with a big dub. Yeah, huge dub. Should I read it off? I think you should because you know I was there when you made this bet and what did I tell you? Mac Jones, over 250 passing yards. I said it was scary. hmm And. Uh, where
0: is it? I can't find it. Just so the
1: people know, Mac Jones finished with 231 passing yards.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I get it. <laughs> uh, let me pull it up here for a 2nd Mm-hmm. I have it if you want me to read it
1: yeah sure all right so joe's big big oh wait no i lied i don't <laughs> oh, I, oh that's I, right um, yeah
0: you didn't send it to me i can find it here okay okay Okay. i think i remember it though yeah i got it right here uh mac jones 200 200 or more passing yards 201 or more interceptions tyreek to score a touchdown Hunter Henry three or more receptions and Ramondre Stevenson fifty or more rushing yards, ten dollars to win one hundred and forty. Now to tell you how close Jev was on all of these,
1: Ramondre Stevenson finished the game with (laughs) fifty
0: rushing yards, and I think (laughs) and I think it was like a friendly fifty because I swear like he was at thirty eight and he. Just rushed for a first down on like first and 10 and then yeah. never got the ball again. And I'm like, Oh, well, then he rushed for the end zone, the two yard run for the end zone. I think that uh, yeah. because
1: I checked it was at 48. Yeah. And then that two yard rush was 50. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's right. And,
1: but Hunter Henry, uh, his third catch was it was the touchdown catch, right? It
0: may have been just before that. Um Stumped. it was it was something pretty close I, the Hunter Henry one I was never worried about because he had two in like by the second quarter oh, yeah. and I was Very just like easy. he's going to get a ball I wasn't worried about that the one I got most excited for was the Tua pick because he was <laughs> yeah. dicing up the Pats defense all game and I'm like this is never going to happen and then I saw Tyreek <laughs> go in motion and I'm like he's throwing it deep I've seen this play before and then he just loads up And the ball's in the air for a long time. And as the camera pans to where Tyreek is, I just see. You just see Gonzalez. Christian Gonzalez there. And I'm like, I swear to God, if this happens. And then he jumps up (laughs) and just kicks off Tyreek. George, I was sitting back and like, Georgia was like laying on me. And I just jumped up and George's head just went whipping back and forth. And I was just like, yes. Because like, that was the one I was most worried about because all I needed after that was like 20 more passing yards and like 15 rush yards. And I'm like, this is possible. Yeah. this is no, possible I was, now.
1: And then I was laying like, in bed with Shane. And as soon as that pick happened, I'm like, this is locks.
0: Yeah, this is absolutely locks right now. And then uh, Ramondre Stevenson was at 36 rushing yards when this happened. I remember it vividly. And then I was following the bet on the app. And it shows like the latest plays related to uh my bets. And I just see New England plus twelve rush yards and I'm like, what? And then cause obviously like the zone's like one step behind, like yeah, slightly behind, yeah. I just see Ramondre break through and like rush for twelve yards, and I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God! Because like <laughs> when you're when a team's down, they don't normally hand the they ball. They don't off. normally so, rush. Yeah. So I thought the fifty rush yards was like, oh no, like this is gonna be done because there's five minutes left and you need to throw the ball to get back into the game. And I was like, oh my God, he broke off a rush yard. That's unbelievable. And then yes, yeah. he got into the end zone, and I'm like, fire, love it. But then also, <laughs> it's possible for him to lose yards on a rush. So I'm like, don't give him the ball anymore unless it's positive (laughs) yards so luckily
1: zeke was was in the game for the rest of it so but
0: like i don't even think they handed the ball off like no they did for the rest of the game and then mac jones obviously threw the ball more and more i wasn't worried about that because he's going to complete some passes and yeah so i was really happy that hit but overall we still can't be putting up less than like twenty five points a game if we want to try and get into the playoffs. like we can't keep relying on our defense to like steal us games. We need to put up points and like take advantage of turnovers because every time we did, every time we have this season, we haven't done shit with it. like the Philly uh fumble and Jalen hurts when Jabril Peppers peppered him in open field and fumbled it in their territory. We like barely came away with a field goal or something where we needed a touch. No, it was, we needed a touchdown and like we barely got a field goal or something like that to bring it within five. And it was just like, we need a touchdown there. And then the same thing, we got a clutch interception from Gonzalez at a huge moment and we lose yards and punt it. And it's like, we can't keep giving them the ball when we need points. Like, off the turnover we need to like drive the field at least and get three points like at least like we need to start taking advantage of this stuff and we can't it's just like coming down to like the last play under 45 seconds left and needing a miraculous first down, which I think was a first down on a crazy lateral back to Cole. Stranger got pushed. Mm -hmm. It was very close. The knee was down, but like I didn't think the evidence was conclusive enough to overturn the first down call personally, but whatever. I don't think that was where we lost the game. We lost the game by, just like not taking advantage of our offensive reps and just dumb, stupid plays, pitching it on two second and eight, and then now it's third and 11, and it's just mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Like, throw a s- curl route to Devontae Parker, who had an m- amazing game. Massive but, game. I mean, like, obviously Raheem Moster scampers in for like 43 yards untouched. Like, that was, he had a crazy game. Tua was dicing us up all game, basically taking over the New England type of offense by death by a thousand cuts. He was just every soft zone coverages to Tyreek Hill, just dropping him in there like so quick. He, was, he had a great game just by that. Didn't put up insane numbers, but just watching him, I'm like, Tua's having a great game today. It's just, it's annoying because five yard pass, six yard pass, three yard pass in motion, like stuff like that. He was just cutting us up and it really hurt to watch, but. Yeah, it's just our defense kind of sold a bit and then our offense, again, was super stagnant and we couldn't put clutch drives together and that's what we need to win games. And that's kind of what I was worried about going into the season was kind of Mac just doesn't have it in him right now to like, He's doing a much better job at like conducting an offense and like his just like him given getting a chance to throw the ball downfield. He's showing much better improvement in that area. And I'm happy that Bill O'Brien is scheming up offenses and allowing him to do that. But he just still hasn't shown it to like have that him performance yet Mm -hmm. in that big moment. And I just think as an offense, we needed to, to be better at that. And yeah, it's just like it's super frustrating to watch when we're going three and out, three and out, three and out all the fucking time, especially when we need points in a tough schedule. And it doesn't help the frustration build any higher when both our losses have come within one score and mm. had opportunities to score. Like that Demario Douglas fumble. Like, bro, like, I know you're a rookie and I completely understand that. We got to have better situational God. awareness to tuck it. And the fact that, that we both knew that oh, it was of like, like you watch could the fumble. See it. Yeah. You watch could the fumble. You see it a mile away. And yeah, it's just, that was on like the 25 yard line of in Miami's territory. And it was like, yeah. if we just hold on to that, we're getting at least three points. And like, the game script could be completely different. And yeah. It's just super frustrating overall. But yeah, it's they keep, they give us life, but two home losses in a row. It's like, that's tough. There's not many opportunities for us to win on the schedule. And the schedule doesn't get much easier.
1: No, it does not.
0: So yeah, we just need to do better at taking advantage of turnovers, especially in their territory and not rely on. Get in our points and best performances in the final three minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, do it in the second quarter and don't fucking be dumb. It's no, yeah, I agree. Just super frustrating overall. But I think it Indeed. was more of a great performance and great scheming by Mike McDaniel and the Miami offense. But it's just super frustrating to watch it happen to your team. So,
1: oh, yeah and also one of the funniest moments when mike mcdaniel at halftime was uh running away from the camera <laughs> from the camera and in the, the reporter like asking like what have you done he's like i haven't done anything honestly yeah i <laughs> don't uh, no, all all time like little just great interview thing right there That just funny yeah uh but next game monday night the first one of two uh my oh my, uh, the Saints win 20 to 17, should have been 20 to 10. Uh, but obviously, prevent defense for the last three and a half minutes. Uh, you'll allow a score. The first touchdown allowed by New Orleans in uh, at the time was seven quarters. Uh, also, they have the longest con- consecutive streak for holding teams under 20 points at Fire. 10. The next highest is two by Dallas, and that's just in the past two games. So, <laughs> so uh all I can say is, Jeff, I think I was a year or half a year too early on this defense for what I'm calling. Because Brian Brzee, first round pick, he looks like a fucking monster. Yeah, <laughs> Carl Granderson and Cam Jordan, top five, both of them in quarterback pressures. Carl Granderson, two and a half sacks on the year, uh, plus a strip sack on Bryce Young, and it was just like, I, I'm not even like worried on the defense. And also Marshawn Lattimore in one-on-one coverage has only given up two catches for 14 that's a, yards. That's unreal. Yes, he's he went up against like Terrace Marshall, Adam Thielen, and you know, uh, Jonathan Mingo. Uh, and then he also went up against fucking DeAndre Hopkins, who last I checked, DeAndre Hopkins, pretty fucking good receiver. Uh, and he showed it this past week. So say what you want, but this defense. I like I said I think I'm a, I was a half a year or a year too early because this is the defense I expected last year. Uh offense Jesus Christ. The offensive line is a liability right now. Uh they played better, but the interior line, uh specifically Cesar Ruiz and the other guard that we have um James Hurst uh my oh my uh, Trevor Penning, still not good. He's still considered what I consider a rookie, if it was NHL terms. Hasn't played a full season yet. Uh, but Ryan Ramchek looks good. Just fucking blanketed Brian Burns. Couldn't get shit done, which is what you love to see.
0: Love to see it.
1: And then, actually, the one fucking like funny thing, the guy who was on Trevor Penning most of the night Flipped him over onto Shaq Thompson's Achilles. And now Shaq Thompson is out for the year. And that was after the play. So karma for Carolina right there. Prayers up to Shaq Thompson, though. Yeah, Sucks that he went down with an injury. But blame your teammate, because if he didn't do that, you'd still be playing right now, buddy. Uh, but then Jamal Williams. That sucks that he's out. Mm-hmm. Out for a couple weeks, so it looks like it's Kendra Miller's backfield. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, he, he said he was apparently good to go for this game, but Dennis Allen held him out, which probably a good call. Probably didn't need to come in. Uh, Tony Jones Jr., he he did what he needed to do. And then the three-headed monster of Rashid Shahid, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave. Uh, no team has three receivers in the top 35 for receiving catches and yards except the New Orleans Saints. Love that. So, as long as Carr gets it to the playmakers and starts like actually doing things in the red zone. Man, this team can be so good. I'm so excited.
0: They just need uh, to be they just need to start putting up more points, man. They need to start like, putting
1: up more points. Like when you can have the defense you know start taking a little bit more chances and not playing like uh like you can't let have one mistake happen that's when it's like come on offense do fucking something man yeah and they on the broadcast they said like Pete Carmichael the offensive coordinator didn't want to get so one dimensional but every time it was in the red zone who what was the first play that was being ran Jeff? Oh, Taysom Hill was in the backfield. I wonder what the fuck it's gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't be a quarterback power. No, no, no. Chance. no. Couldn't be what they like. What the bread and butter is? Which, by the way, Taysom Hill playing running back with Derek with Derek Carr. That was one of the funniest things ever. Your third string quarterback is your your power running back who went for
0: seventy yards on nine carries. Taysom Hill, that. So like. Weird. I still don't know like what he is. He's a football player. Like that's, he's that's a what he is. Swiss army man. Yeah. He's a football player. Like that's what he is. Like what position do you play? Football. Yes. Yeah. Like that's yeah. <laughs> uh and
1: also one more funny thing. Uh that Chris Olave catch.
0: Oh, so beautiful. Catch of the
1: catch of the year nominee right now. Uh but also funny thing, he wasn't touched and he threw the ball like down. Luckily, it's it's a fumble because it went backwards. But thank God no one reviewed it, and the ball went out of bounds before the Panthers guy actually got it because he wasn't touched. <laughs> and that's, that's one thing he needs to stop doing. It's not college ball. Like, as soon as you're down, you're not down. You can get the fuck back up. And that's one thing I like about Thomas. Thomas, even though he's down, he gets up and he starts running. Yeah. <laughs> he did that like four times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, dude, calm down. You were touched. He's like, yeah. I don't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> you were literally tackled.
1: Yeah. And uh, also Mike Thomas beefing with uh, Derek Brown in the in the wrong tunnel, which actually wasn't wrong because he was going to the medical staff, uh, which was on that side. But Derek Brown was a big crybaby bitch. He was like, what the fuck you doing, man? I <laughs> love it. Love yeah. the energy, uh. Just yeah, the one thing is is red zone efficiency.
0: Hundred percent because that's, that's my thing. Because I still like the Saints to like win a lot of games this year because of their schedule. Not so much them, but if they want to keep that momentum going into the postseason, they're going to need to be not having these types of performances. Like they need to be a lot better and more threatening consistently absolutely absolutely but can complain about 2 and 0
1: Nope. uh 78% of the teams that start 2 and 0 make the playoffs well, so that's great news for me um
0: what about 0 <laughs> and 2 uh
1: that i think is like 14% <laughs> so
0: you're saying there's a chance
1: there is a chance hey the bengal's did it last year man yeah it can happen uh, but the next game, the last game, we go to Steeltown where the Steelers 26, the Browns
0: 24. And I don't think because I was golfing yesterday, so I didn't watch a ton of these games. I watched like the late, like the back half of the fourth quarter of this game, and from what I saw, Corey predicted it right as the grossest game of the week because i just think that there's a lot going on there where it was just super messy the whole entire time and things didn't really generate consistently for the browns but like everything kind of picked up in like the fourth quarter
1: yeah i'll tell you this if it wasn't for the steelers defense they wouldn't have won the
0: game yeah like (laughs) pick, pick six seven seconds in Yeah, and and then then a a fumble fumble recovery touchdown by strip sack. Yeah,
1: like I don't know how much more beneficial you can get, but you know, that's that's pretty fucking good for a defense. I'd be happy with that night if I was on their defense. Uh they should be proud. The Steelers should, and their fans should be, you know, even happier because you made you made Cleveland look stupid. You made Deshaun Watson look worse than Baker Mayfield. And that's what we all want to see. Yeah. <laughs> we want to see Deshaun Watson, you know, the guy getting a guaranteed two hundred thirty million dollars, look worse than the guy that's making not even nine mil this year. One hundred percent. So they did that. Uh, we love to see that, and
0: you know, George Pickens, great fucking game. That was his coming out party. I I agree like like it's there's all this hype like he's obviously I think one of the most athletic maybe players in the league let alone receivers like we've seen the catches he's made he's unbelievable but he's just yet to have that like holy shit like George Pickens is him and Mm -hmm. that was him today like that huge touchdown off the post um, or like slant Kind of hybrid, but great catch after run or run after catch, my run after catch, yeah. Um but yeah, no, like he came to play and made that Steelers offense kind of brought him back to life, let's say. Absolutely. But um, yeah, also uh rest in peace, Nick Chubb. Yeah,
1: that that is the biggest story to come away from this game. Uh I hope and pray that this isn't the last we see of Nick Chubb, but man, it doesn't look good for his life. Like His whole life can change after a 20-second play. And it wasn't like it was a bad football play. What the fuck are you going to do to one of the best power running backs in the league? You don't tackle high. You're taught to tackle low. And in this league, a lot of people don't wrap up. They just go for the big hits. And you know what? That's that's the unfortunate game. A lot of people aren't going to talk about how this injury was on a grass field. But for everyone saying that turf is so bad, this thing happened on a grass field. I don't hear no one talking about that. Injuries can happen all the same way. It just the unluckiness of it. It stems to more being turf bad, but yeah, this was this was probably the worst thing for the Browns. Thankfully, Jerome Ford looks you know like two thirds as much as Nick Chubb, yeah, but no i I pray for his his life remaining i I don't think football should be on his mind right now because his leg might be
0: all kinds of fucked up. It's the same leg he injured. Years ago. I was just about to say, uh, October 10th, 2015, Nick Chubb was a Georgia Bulldog at that point, and it was a game against the University of Tennessee. and he suffered that brutal knee injury where it basically went backwards. It looked like it hyperextended, but he dislocated his knee, uh, tore his PCL, MCL and LCL, and had um, cartilage damage in that knee. And he injured that same exact knee on Monday. And it I don't know if anyone saw the highlight, if you are listening. But if you have a weak stomach, do not look at it. Look at it at your own risk. But it just it bent in a way that it shouldn't have. And in my opinion, I think it's like a fine worthy, maybe one game suspension worthy tackle because I think it was severely dangerous. Um, I don't think that hit was necessary. I think you could have wrapped up or hit at the hip. But to dive and put 100% of your momentum and body weight onto a knee is kind of fucked up. But like, I understand the whole of like biting ankles, I think is like different. But, like, diving and putting your shoulder directly into the side of someone's knee is just doesn't sit right with me. And injuries like that, like, shit like that is, like, reasons why you should do that. And I think a fine is, like, and, like, maybe a one game is, like, kind of warranted, in my opinion, because of how dangerous it is. But yeah, no, it was just, it's so unfortunate to see a guy like Nick Chubb of his caliber and reputation go out to an injury like that on the same knee where he, uh, it got severely fucked up already.
1: Oh, absolutely. But, um, absolutely.
0: It's also tough because in our dynasty league, I drafted Jonathan Taylor, knowing that he was probably not going to, he wasn't playing the first four games. Mm hmm. Drafted Rogers, Tony Kelly's drafted Richardson concussion drafted Nick Chubb. Now he's out for the year. And I also drafted Cam Akers, who was RB one week one. And (laughs) now he was a healthy scratch week two. So um, my team's going through it right now. But obviously, I don't want to. I'm not out here fucking yelling about my fantasy team because of Nick Chubb's injury. I just thought it was just like my team. An unfortunate
1: cursed. injury history that Jev is yes.
0: Whoever is on my fantasy team is cursed. In and I Nick <laughs> Chubb, I am severely, <laughs> severely sorry for re-injuring your knee because it is my fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. But that's week two. That's week two. Crazy week two. Lots happened in week two. But we uh we're getting up there in time hit so why don't we uh give um two games we like and a potential little parlay that you might lay down or some bets that you like for week 3 all right
1: sounds good uh the first two games i like uh it's kind of a sloppy a sloppy week this week but yeah, there's yeah, a there's, lot. There's gotta, little
0: things. Yeah, you gotta kind of dig deep for games that you like.
1: I think we can both agree that one of our games is the Chargers and the Vikings. Hundy. One of these teams will be zero and three. Yep. Granted, it's the... no ties. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think. I don't think a tie is needed in this one. And then the second one, purely just for my, my own surprise, uh, I, I I'll go with two because I really want to see how this plays out the eagles and the bucks and the falcons and the lions the nfc south rivals yeah of mine i uh i want to see if they can win both games i don't think the bucks will win but i i said that against the vikings so.
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so who knows if they beat the eagles man i i don't even know but then the lions and the falcons that game could also be just you know high scoring yeah it could be frisky and then yeah. the bets i love for this week are the Chargers and the Vikings over 54 and a half points. Uh, The Patriots minus two and a half against the Jets. Give me that, please. And then the Raiders and the Steelers, uh, the fact that it's at 43 points, dog, I don't think this game's getting 23 points, okay? (laughs) It's going to be, unless it is, the Steelers' defense will be all of that. So,
0: yeah, that's my take. A couple games I like. I'm going with you on the Minnesota, uh, LA this game kind of reminds me of that Browns Chargers game that happened a couple years ago where it was like 54 to 48 or something stupid. There was like 100 points scored. It was insane. Um, but that game sounds a whole lot of all off, all gas, no breaks. Mm -hmm. I also like if both these teams are playing, keep playing the way they have been playing. Rams Bengals. Could be an interesting matchup. Um, Bengals have the making to blow out the Rams, but with how they've been playing and the Rams have kind of looked not too shabby, I think that could be a pretty like come down to the wire game. Absolutely. Um, I always like seeing New England, um, demoralize Zach Wilson. So I'm excited for that game, of course. <laughs> but, um, a fancy one that could be has the making to be boring actually i'm not going to touch on it cuz i'm going to save it for one of my um, bets but also denver miami could be could be interesting could be could be a similar vibe to minnesota la um and then a parlay card that i had i screenshotted cuz i didn't want to accidentally lose it I have a uh, Tennessee money line over Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I think that they're underdogs, and I think that they have the defense to like really like traumatize Cleveland. Um, over 54 for LA, Minnesota. Under 43 for New Orleans and Green Bay.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then Steelers plus two and a half versus the Raiders.
1: I love it. I I don't know how you're getting plus odds with the with the Steelers, but that I like that. I
0: that like is, that a lot. That is $10 to win 171. Mhm. So, not bad. I think I'm going to lay that down. Um I might even like alternate like spread the Vikings and Chargers and maybe bump it up to like 58 cuz I truly think it could be like a... <laughs> it could be a 31 30 type of game like it could be insane so absolutely that's something i might look at but no i'm not it's gonna be a week where it's it has it could potentially be lopsided wins all over the place It could like let's just run like baltimore indy tennessee cleveland will be close but atlanta detroit could be close new orleans green bay could be close but jacksonville houston that could be a blowout. Miami-Denver, that could be a blowout. Bills-Commanders could be a blowout, but Washington's frisky. Seattle-Carolina could be a blowout. Dallas-Arizona could be a blowout. Yep. Casey-Chicago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I <laughs> can't wait for that one. <laughs> uh, Steelers-Raiders could be interesting. And then Eagles-Tampa, depending on what Tampa team shows up, could mm. be interesting. And then Bengals Rams depends which version of each shows up, so it's just gonna a lot of question marks, but a lot of makings for a potential blowout week. But yeah, Hey, that was a really good episode, man. Talked about Plus, a lot, covered a lot. Um, as always, excited for another week of football. But um, yeah, on Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton, love it. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jevin.LeFevre, Twitter at Jevin lefave, and everything for the show at left LeftSideHeavy underscore. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good week, y'all. We'll see you next time. Peace.